0: Last Sunday, we focused upon giving up control, and and the idea is based on the thought that at Lent, many times people give up something, uh, some kind of minor sacrifice, or they take on something, something positive, or do some additional spiritual devotion like our Lenten Study Guide. So last week, we talked about control. This week, we're going to talk about giving up expectations, and I came across an article in Forbes magazine that related well to this topic. And it was titled, Eight Unrealistic Expectations That Will Ruin You. And what they pointed out in that article is that expectations are incredibly important. More than anything, they determine your reality. They impact how you approach things and other people. Whether you're achieving your goals. And if you don't believe in yourself or what you're trying to achieve, you will not succeed. You just won't. We know that patients who have low expectations their medical procedures and treatments tend to get poorer results than those that expect success. Even proven medical treatments with a great track record, we find that when they're presented in a negative light, they tend to get negative outcomes. And your expectations impact other people as well. You can go all the way back to the 1960s, where the Harvard research demonstrated that the power of beliefs and swaying people's behavior. Teachers and studies, when they were told even though they were randomly selected, that these were good students, smart kids, they found that those kids produced better in the classroom and in IQ test. And what they discovered was that because they're told to believe in something, they tend to treat people better than those who they think will fail. They tend to do more teaching because they believe it's time that's well spent. So your expectations shape reality. Change your life, emotionally and physically. So we need to be careful about what expat- expectations we're carrying around. The wrong ones can make life unnecessarily difficult. Let me give you just a little sample of those eight that the Forbes magazine. Uh, one was life should be fair. We've heard that a few times, haven't we? How many times have our parents told us that life is not fair, but yet we still seem to carry that around unconsciously? And we know that's certainly not true in our faith. God doesn't promise that. Look what happened to our Lord as he walked this earth. Another one is, everyone should like me. I think I carry that one around a lot. I mean, how do you not like this? You know, I'm just (laughs) humble and what's there not to like? But, you know, their point is true, that we tend to assume people like us. And so we don't do the necessary groundwork to win somebody's respect. I think sometimes I'm guilty of that. Or here's one. How many marriages have failed because of this? I can change him or her. Well, the only person you can change in this world is yourself. And even that's pretty tough, isn't it? But, you know, expectations impact our faith as well. Our expectations interfere with our understanding and experience of God. But the God we find in our Bible is one who keeps surprising us and calling people, unexpected and unqualified people, to accomplish God's purposes. We could go down the list. Abraham and Sarah, late in life, are called to go to a foreign land and start over. Moses, an Egyptian fugitive, is the one who will lead the people out of Israel humble shepherd boy, David, becomes the king of Israel. And God chose to come to this earth through a very humble carpenter's family, a poor family. And God converted Paul, an overzealous murderer of Christians, to become the one who will spread the good news all across the Roman Empire and launch this movement, become a worldwide movement. And we serve a Jesus who baffled people with his simple but profound parables. The Jesus who ate with sinners, the one who walked on water, the one who fed the 5,000, the one who was raised from the dead after three days. God surprises us over and over. Read your Bibles and you'll see what I'm talking about. That Ford's magazine article kind of inspired me to think of a few Christian or faith journey assumptions, expectations that we carry around that maybe we ought to let go of first one would be, giving my life to God will make life so much easier. I'm sure a lot of us started out that way. Isn't that why we chose? Because it will make life better. And it does in many ways. But it also makes life heavier. Because if you adopt the compassion of Jesus Christ in your life, things like what happened in New Zealand weigh heavier upon you because you care, because you carry that compassion of God. Another one is that the Bible is a how-to manual. Well, the Bible is the record of God's revelation to the people of God through centuries where God has, has spoken to unique cultures and unique people. And so it's so important that we not just simply read it on the surface, but we dive and understand it. We study well what, it was, being, what was being said in the context in which it was originally spoken. And that takes serious study and takes listen to different perspectives in order to find the truth that God intends for us. Or one more. I have to have my spiritual life in order so that God can use me. And that's so not true. I mean, read your Bibles. Look at all the people who are are not, not nearly ready. And yet God took them. Moses, David, Samson, Jonah. Jonah didn't even want to, and still God used him disciples James and John who were focused on their own superiority, Peter and Paul with all their flaws. God used them even though they were a work in progress and He can use you as well. So let's take a look at Nicodemus. It's an interesting story. What was his challenge? Well, he had expectations. He had a clouded ability to comprehend, who Jesus was and what Jesus was trying to say. And there's some facts that are interesting about this story. you notice that he came by night? A little detail there. Some assume that he came by night because he didn't want to be seen by the rest of the Sanhedrin. It might hurt his reputation. Others are a little more generous and think that maybe he just wanted some personal time with Jesus so he could really talk face-to-face and not with the problems with the crowd surrounding him. But... Whenever you're reading the Gospel of John, you need to know everything's symbolic. And John loves light and darkness. Those contrasts he uses over and over in his book. And light means something very, very significant. Light is about faith and belief, transformation and resurrection. So when he offers this little detail about Nicodemus coming in the dark of night... It's coded language, that shadowy setting, that late hour conspires to say that Nicodemus is a long way from faith, a long way from understanding what Jesus is about. Of course, he doesn't know that yet. Also notice the attitude he brings into that room. He arrives with an air of confidence, sounds terribly sure of himself. You might have a question too, but do you notice he starts out the conversation with Rabbi